0: They're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.
1: Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis steer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems. On the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now, become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit Maui Nui Venison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com and use promo code BEAR for twenty percent off your first order. SportDog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The SportDog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product SportDog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BearGrease. Go to www.sportdog.com slash bear grease to learn more. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease Podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. We're going weekly, guys, and I want to explain this very clearly. The Bear Grease podcast is a documentary-style podcast that we release every other week. We are now going to start releasing On this same stream, on the Bear Grease Podcast, what we call the Bear Grease Render. So every other week, you will hear a conversation between me and my buddies where we do just what we said, render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease Podcast. So you're going to be hearing from us weekly from now on.
2: Ooh, 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 ooh. It's
3: right. been years since I've worked on it. It had gotten pretty bad. Did you have a decent out hoot? Years ago, I started to get it. Like I started to get that that that. There's that certain characteristic about it. But you I've been working on it, like it in my al.
4: truck. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, oh. Okay, I got to get it. Brent, let's hear your best out hoot. <laughs> oh, hey, that's got pretty got a good. You got the a little. little. Tremolo thing at the end. I've been saving that. Yeah man. Very nice. Hey, this is the Bear Grease Render Podcast. Okay. Mm. This is the Bear Grease Render. And the Bear Grease Render, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, the Bear Grease Podcast is a documentary style podcast where we explore all kind of stuff. All kind of interesting stuff have these documentary-style podcasts. We do that. We release those every other week. So by the time this comes out, there's going to be like six Bear Grease podcasts out. This is a Bear Grease render, boys. And the mm-hmm. Bear Grease render is every other week. So now the Bear Grease podcast is weekly because every other week we're going to meet and have like an informal conversation that reflects and dissects. Oh, that's good. We're going to use that. Reflects and dissects the bear grease documentary style podcasts. Okay, we're boiling that cabbage down. That's right, we're <laughs> boiling the cabbage down, chewing the tobacco thin, That's as they right. say. Yeah. So before we get started here, where we talk about the the what the render is, I want to introduce my guests. Okay, so we are we are at the the global headquarters of Bear Hunting Magazine and Meat Eater South. <laughs> I okay how y'all like that <laughs> yeah that's nice and uh i have really all, every single one of you is like you wouldn't be here if you weren't like super important in my life and most of you well all of you have been involved in some way in either the bear grease podcast or in one of the guys cases not the bear grease podcast but my former Barony Magazine podcast. We but won't mention his name. To my direct left, <laughs> to, to, my, to my left, is my dear friend Brent Reeves. Yep. Who could, uh, Brent Reeves could teach a doctoral level class. I'm reading this, okay? Brent Reeves could teach a <laughs> doctoral <laughs> class. He wrote this. He wrote this himself. Yeah, this is Brent's bio. No, this is my bio and Brent. Brent Reeves could teach a doctoral level class on folksy southern sayings And ironically, he has also seen two Arkansas mountain lions. That is correct. Brent was also filming when in twenty sixteen the big color phase bear in Saskatchewan that's hanging on the wall right over there touched my arrow and sent, you know, Brent was the one like sitting right behind me. Yeah. So Brent, good to have you here. Good to be here, man. To Brent's left is Dr. Daniel Roop who now that makes two times I've called you doctor in your life, (laughs) and that'll be the last time. (laughs) I'm going to do it one time. So Dan was on the Akron podcast, okay? Dan is, man, Dan's like, I'm not even going to get into really what he does, like neither with Brent. This is just, when I think of you guys, this is what I think of. Dan has never combed his hair (laughs) and has a beard like a Viking. That is true. Ironically, he himself as well has seen an Arkansas mountain lion. I have which, seen it. Which we'll want to get to later. All right. Um, we're gonna I'm going get... to
5: call that particular we're... podcast, not a. am going to call it a docudrama.
6: Yeah. Mm, stirring up controversy. Me, you, and Gary going to get jackets made. <laughs>
1: huh? Yeah, Believers. Jackets. Jack-
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. And interesting fact about Dan that you guys may not have known, Dan Roop was the first guest on the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. Mm. Really? Did you know
5: that? Dan? I didn't even know that. I was there. You were actually you didn't know we were recording that?
1: <laughs> I, no, no it, for real. In British Columbia. Oh, me, you, yeah. and Devin Jewell. Hey. That was the first one, Dan. It was a turning point in my life. Yeah. I can we're just tell you subconsciously a, apparently. Okay. <laughs> so that's Dan Roop. To his left. Is Dr. Malachi Nichols. Now, yep. I call this guy a doctor sometimes. Mm-hmm. because He, he, he just has it. the look. He earned <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. He didn't get his off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Now, Dr. Malachi Nichols, here are his credentials. Okay. He was on the Bergers podcast, episode yep. number two, mm-hmm. the thing about Al Hooters. Yep. He was the guy that I interviewed about uh, the social science question of correlations right. and how they can be connected or not. But Dan, uh, Dr. Malachi Nichols is a current Arkansas license holder. That's true. Hunting license holder.
2: Yeah. He is a...
1: Prove it. Yeah, show us your hunting license, Malachi. There it is. He's Mm. pulling it out of his wallet just to prove it. Dr. Malachi Nichols is a one-time... I can can confirm. It's real.
3: It's legit. Oh, he's He's, got the hard... He's also got an Arkansas concealed carry license. There. He's got a hard card. Very nice. And a duck stamp. I've never seen one
1: of those. Okay. Dr. Malachi Nichols is also a one-time coon hunter.
2: Yep. One time. <laughs> mm. Yep. Is that the only hunt you've and, and, ever and, and, been on, though? And never got an invitation back. Uh, mm. No. But Interesting. But here, here,
1: here's what I think of when I think of Malachi. He is the only person that has given me the stiff arm on a legit outdoor-related <laughs> partnership venture request. Oh, my goodness. A hard no. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, okay, Malachi and I, we've talked about this before publicly and we've worked it out together privately so there's no, this is not like an offense that I need yeah, to right, like right. go to my brother Is about. that what today is about? <laughs> no, no, no. We've already done it but I, it's just this an, an Okay. <laughs> like there's just things that you remember about people that you never forget. No, me and Malachi, we fried fish a couple times together for our wives and uh-huh. families Love and it. we just had a great time and I was like, man, Malachi loves to fry fish and you know, we talked about fishing a little bit here oh, and there right. and then I was like, Likes to fry fish, likes to fish. He's my friend. How about we go in partners on a boat, Malachi? (laughs) That was my question. Hard no. (laughs) I mean, just like.
2: He went from like 25 miles per hour to like 75 interstate real quick. And he was, skipped some stuff, didn't he? he, he yeah. It was like, so, I want to get fishing poles first. I wanna,
6: <laughs> you know, I want to take
2: small steps.
6: Do you want to keep it at his house for your convenience? Oh, maybe so. There so. we go. Uh,
1: okay. You're not the first okay. one he's offered this deal to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, to his left is Josh Spillmaker. Sands Doctor. Sands, Sands Doctor Dr. Spillmaker. Okay, true story. I bet none of you know this. True story. Ten years ago, Josh Spillmaker's mustache inspired me to read a book on the Bering Land Bridge. Uh, This is not a
2: joke.
1: (laughs) Ten years ago, Josh Spillmaker's mustache inspired me to read a book on the Bering Land Bridge, which got me interested in early human history and anthropology. Mm. And he is a legendary adult-onset fly fisherman. No, Fact. let me tell you the story. One Fact. day, me and Josh were standing there, and, I mean, you got to admit, the guy's got a great beard. Oh, my goodness. But the mustache, oh the way that it, it – it was like it was connecting two continents. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it felt like. I, I said, Josh, you got an awesome mustache. And I was like, that reminds me of the Bering Land Bridge. That night, I went home on Amazon and ordered a book that's right up there. Um and it was all about the Barry Landry. I read the book; was fascinated, and I think about it all the time. And look at you now. And now I've got a—I tried to emulate your mustache. So you're welcome, America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're welcome, Misty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Josh. And then our guest of honor. <laughs> wow. Ooh. The Patriot. He's got the chair. My father, Gary Newcomb. Man, so Dad, you've been on. By the time this comes out, you've been, you will have been on the Berger Podcast a couple of times, okay? So this is, the way, this is what I think of when I think of Gary Newcomb. Once while in Vietnam, this is, a, this is a war story, true story. Once while in Vietnam, he reported to his commanding officer wearing only a bath towel after he was summoned to report to the officer while he was in the shower, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think that's that's part one. We're going to need a little bit of explanation. Number two, I don't know if I want to know. Gary Newcomb is single-handedly credited with keeping the myth of the Black Panther alive in North America. (laughs) 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 Single-handedly.
2: All right, give it,
1: you, Dad, give, give us just
4: a short version of the when you reported to your officer in <laughs> your bath towel. Well, it you know, Vietnam, you're always looking for something to keep your sanity. <laughs> this, this little clerk came in and he was like, This is serious. You got to go see the captain. So I just walked out naked with my towel over my shoulder. <laughs> oh, he <you> didn't even <laughs> start heading towards the, his office. Of course, by the time I got there, I covered myself up. But. To respect. Anyway, so, you, so they, you,
1: what you were trying to say was, bro, <laughs> let me at least get out of the shower. Is it that important?
4: Uh, that was kind of like the, the... It had to be so important, it didn't matter. I was going. <laughs> so, anyway, it was kind of funny oh, at the time.
1: Man. Great, great. Well, okay, now that we've done proper introductions, let's get down to business here, boys. Um, so, the Bear Grease Render... Is the short version of the Bear Grease podcast where we talk about it. Man, I've had the time of my life building the when this comes out there will be six Bear Grease podcasts out. And the podcast is formatted in such a way that it's 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 hard for me to like I when I get done making one of these, I wanna call one of you guys and talk about it. Like and there, there's so much more that can be said because we're trying to make it an efficient listen, and so you know it's fairly scripted, you know, sc- scripted in the sense that everything is thought out. But it's also you know there are sections of of informal interviews. But for instance, you you will hear interviews on the Bear Grease podcast with experts with whoever, like Dan Roop, uh that. We talked for probably an hour, Dan, and I whittled it down to like seventeen minutes. He cut a whole lot. Yeah, of that, that was a that lot. Was what of, he did. That was, it was pretty easy. Of, <laughs> he
3: told me it was pretty easy. <laughs>
1: there <That laughs> was a lot of fluff in it, but so like this is going to give kind of me an outlet to like say some other stuff to make corrections. There's a couple of oh. corrections, man. It, when you're spouting off this much information, boys, you know sometimes <laughs> you get it wrong. Tall tales. Tall tales. Um, but it also gives you guys a chance to like talk to me about any perceptions that you have as the end any, user as right. the end user, anything I could have done better. Um, and so I know all you guys have something to say. We're at a little bit of a disadvantage on the first bear grease render because we've already had six podcasts come out. Okay. And so as we get on the weekly schedule, there's going to be like one podcast that's going to come out. And so it'll be a little bit more focused, but so, so on this one, we're just going to kind of, hit and miss over the different six podcasts that have come out but what i haven't had a chance to do on the bear grease podcast is talk about the name bear grease do do y'all know why it's bear grease do y'all understand the metaphor? Is the marketing strong enough that you understand the metaphor? This is an open question. This the first time i you learning the no,
4: name of it. No. Brent's <laughs> <No. laughs> like, what are you talking about? Do you have a podcast? Well, you yeah. don't understand. So bear it, grease? No. Good.
1: Okay, so you don't understand. No, listen. Bear grease is literally, I'm holding a jar in my hand right now, is literally a, the rendered fat of a black bear. Okay? Now put on your deep philosophical thinking caps, Okay. At one time, bear grease was a medium of currency, and it was a staple of life on the, on the American frontier. Bear grease stayed, stayed good longer than pork lard. So like if you, were, if you homesteaded in Arkansas or Tennessee or Kentucky or wherever, you would render down this fat, and it would be extremely valuable to you. It was a form of currency. Did you know? That an eel of bear grease, that is an archaic unit of measure for bear grease, was the tanned neck hide of a deer sewn together, bear grease poured into it, and then it was sealed up, and an eel of bear grease was like a unit of currency. It is <laughs> wow. just per chance, boys, that we, the U.S. dollar isn't nicknamed an eel, Okay, like a, but it's nicknamed a buck because a buck's skin was worth about one U.S. dollar. You follow me? Wow, I actually I'm I'm making that up that bear eel was almost (laughs) the same thing. How much of this are you making up? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, philosophical thinking caps. This at one time was highly important and everyone would have known about it. This would have been like normal. Like you'd have had it in your house, you'd have had it in your house, you'd have had it in your house. What about
4: oil trough,
1: Arkansas? Well, that's that is a that is a city artifact of what I'm talking about. Yep. Because it was a city in northern Arkansas that had a processing plant for bear oil, and they shipped that bear oil down
4: the
2: White it's like River like
4: the Fed Reserve. That's right, <laughs> Ford. Yeah, I yeah, got you. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Clay. You know, the first time I indirectly met you was through a jar of bear cruise. Is that right? Your daughter came into my class. I was teaching teaching school, and your daughter came into my class. She had a she had a tanned fox hide. On her left shoulder. (laughs) This is real. This is this. This is a true story. True story. Tan fox hide on her left shoulder and a jar of bear grease, and she just walks into my classroom like nothing's happening. Was it show and tell, or? Well, it was just a regular Tuesday. It (laughs) was was Tuesday. (laughs) She walked in, you know, with this with this fox hide and this jar of bear grease, and she said, "My dad sent this with me. I'm gonna put it on the window. It's supposed to tell us." what the weather is going to be like. So I want to know if it's going to rain before we go outside. And she sat down and it's like, <laughs> I had been, been, been in Arkansas like a year and I'm, and I'm thinking like, where am I at right now? And that is the first time I indirectly oh, met oh, Clay Newcomb. Goodness. i never met him before. Mm-hmm. And it met him through his daughter with a jar of burgers. A jar of burgers. Yep, yep. That is awesome. Yep.
1: So I would forgotten about that story. Yeah. And Who in I here forgot... didn't know that was River. Nobody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was River. And that's why this jar is where it is. This is my this is my weather forecasting jar, yeah. of bear grease. You see this chart right here? Uh-huh. I'll send you boys home with one of these one day. This is a chart. <laughs> <One> <laughs> this day. is a chart made by by Gordon Wimsat out in New Mexico that I I I it, it, you can read the weather off of Is it this. close? It's Man, Spot that bear grease changes all the time. It really does. Every single day, it looks different. <laughs> um, okay, so now we've all come together to this point of that bear grease was like this valuable thing, and then now it's not. It's erased from people's memory. I mean, like erased. Like you go and like poll the three hundred thirty million people in the United States. I mean, like point oh 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 one percent would like kind of know what it was. Yeah. the bear grease podcast. Is we are exploring things that are forgotten but relevant, searching for insight in unlikely places, like telling the weather off a jar of burgers. You know where that came from, Malachi? No, I didn't. Was the Native channel Americans, seven. Channel 7. The, yeah, is that where you get your weather?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> the, no, Native Americans in the southwestern US, they would take the, the dried and scraped bladder of a deer. Pour bear grease in it, and when it dried, it became almost translucent, and you could see through it like a glass jar. And they forecasted the weather based upon the bear grease in that jar. Things forgotten but relevant, insight in unlikely places. And our tagline is we're going to tell the story of Americans who live their lives close to the land. And so, bear grease is a metaphor, something that's forgotten, and man, Bear grease, we use it for all kind of stuff. We use it for frying. We use it for pastries. We use it for oil and conditioning leather. We use it for rubbing down gun barrels. Um, we use it for forecasting the weather. You see this bar of soap right here? You can go to the meteor.com and see me and Colby Moorhead making this bar of soap out of bear fat. Huh. It's animal tallow, lye fat soap. Incredible stuff. If I had more of it, I'd give y'all some, but I don't. <laughs> and I got to stay clean somehow. <laughs> but that, we I'm, I'm you telling f- you, that that lye soap is incredible. Is it in your shower? You bet you it is. Really?
4: I've, got, yeah. I've actually got some I'll of it. send you I got some, some home if you want. You, yeah, I'd like to have some. I mean, incredible. I'd like to have something for my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
6: you well, want to
1: yeah. bring
4: something home? Oh, wait a minute. We, we're not getting paid. <laughs>
6: yeah.
5: This is actually a multi-level marketing. Wow, <laughs> we're Scenario. all going to be
1: selling this bare soap. <laughs> so, guys, that's why I brought you here. You can get on. <laughs> yeah. You can get in on the ground this floor. Be my downline. Game. You were right. Yeah. yeah, I actually have some of it
3: in my shower. Colby gave me.
1: Oh yeah, it's it really, great. It's great soap. It's great soap. Good for your skin. Good soap. So you see the <laughs> metaphor. So like we're we're like basically that gives us this broad window to explore all these different things. And for instance, the insight, like inside the mountain lion podcast, like that was like a, like the first podcast was called The Myth of the Southern Mountain Lion, which was a really fun podcast where I interviewed people, a few people that have seen mountain lions, claimed to have anyway. So uh, seen mountain lions. Yeah, yeah. And and I interviewed a biologist and I interviewed a psychologist about how people, cognitive bias, like if you're, it's a wonder I've not seen a mountain lion because my dad, Believes in Black Panthers. Do you see what the cognitive bias means? If your dad told you there was something there, even if it yeah. wasn't, do you and you I'm going to give you a chance to defend yourself, Dad. Do you believe but in oxygen?
6: <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. can you see it? No. I saw a mountain lion. Gary, did you see one? I saw a black panther. Brent Reeves,
3: Brent Reeves did you question, after you listen to that podcast, did you question yourself?
6: I questioned my friends. My <laughs> <laughs> circle
3: of friends and the people that I call. It's Re-evaluated a very small. evaluated
6: yeah. your relationships. The dynamic of that relationship. I thought, who is this psychologist? What's he going to, cognitive.
1: What was it Cognitive again? bias. And the, yeah. pro-
5: the problem is, is no one ever told me there wasn't. Mountain lions in Arkansas. No one ever told me there was. And I so would,
1: you're saying you're totally unbiased, and the one you saw was just like for real. Uh Yes. Are
4: you convinced you saw it? Hundred percent. What was it? Behind bars, or on a chain, or <laughs> right outside of a restaurant? It was wearing
5: or a pink tutu. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no I, I have witnesses. Saw it.
6: I told you in the podcast there. It wasn't like I was by myself. Daniel.
5: Same you here. By, you my wife was with me.
1: Well, there you go. Hey. You don't have to defend yourself. I'm just kidding. The the the, the point is, well, I don't believe you, but uh, <laughs> that, but um, the insight, though, like, so I'm trying to describe like the Bear Grease podcast because somebody could be listening to this and never even heard the Bear Grease podcast. The insight what? came inside like of, two like we explored this thing. Like there's this artifact, and I like that word, of from when lions were actually here because in, indisputably, there are a lot of people that claim they see mountain lions that didn't, and I absolutely 100% believe every one of you. I said it on the podcast too. I said I'd punch somebody in the teeth if they didn't believe Gary Newcomb or Brent Reeves.
6: They'd they'd quit listening by then. You didn't say anything about Daniel. Well,
1: (laughs) Dan's wasn't on there. Okay. But the insight came in just looking at how we want to believe our brother. Like, do you remember at the end, like I came to the conclusion, and, and I didn't fabricate that. Like after I talked to all these people, like it was like, the 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 redeeming factor of it all was that like the way we've survived and it's natural for me, I trust Brent Reeves. If he tells me he sees a mountain line, then by golly, he saw a mountain line. And I'm just giving you guys a hard time. So basically what you're saying is that you can love your friends even
3: when they're delusional. Even if they're yes. liars. And okay.
1: <laughs> the deeper thought is is that what has made humans successful in the earth is that we want to trust our brother. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. With we that. we It's like a mechanism, like, because if I can't, it's just, it's a mechanism of trust. Like, I want to believe you. And and then I think that has produced a lot of false mountain lion, re, you know, sightings from people who maybe had some, you know, thought they saw hadn't one. Been did, like hadn't been vaccinated, like. Hadn't been vaccinated against lions. Correct. Yeah. Very good, Brent. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dad, okay, I've... I've credited you with keeping the myth of the Black Panther alive. How do you feel about that? I think it's
4: wonderful. I mean, it's nice that you put out the truth. I mean, it's, it's against science, but, I mean, who are you going to trust? Do your you dad? believe it because you saw one? Well, I mean, I don't think it's any of your business. <laughs> <laughs> can to to confirm the Confirm nor flat. deny. You know, when I go down to Aunt Ollie's, mm-hmm. she lives in a dog trot house. With trees over the road, and at night we are wake- we are awakened by a screaming black panther. I mean, who are you going to trust? Yep. and Ollie. Tell us what a dog trot house is. It's got a porch right down the middle. One side's your kitchen, living room, one side's your bedroom. Big trees out. I mean, it was an amazing place. It's, a, it's the architectural style
1: that they used to use before air conditioning. Keeps it cool. Yeah, so you would cook on one side and
4: then you would sleep on one side. Yeah, and the little community was almost as neat as the house. It was Bucksnort. Oh, yeah, right outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fordyce. Yeah, 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 Bucksnort.
6: Yeah. No real words at. I wonder Um, where that name A lot of Panthers there. A lot
1: of them. Hey, listen.
5: It's Panther Country. panther, panther, panther.
1: (laughs) Panther Country. Panther Country. Hey, listen, though. No, I. I 100%, like, they're a legitimate mountain lion. I mean, the biologist even confirmed it. I mean, like, if you listen to the whole Why are pod, we even talking about well, I'm this? Just, I'm just giving you a hard time. The man confirmed it. Yeah, there are mountain lions here. Now, Black Panthers. Now, that is where I draw the hard line. And neither of these guys have claimed to have seen a Black Panther. Dad's just joking. I've just
4: heard him. The, and you just could
1: tell by the sound that it was black? Absolutely. <laughs> so, the... Uh, But you would be shocked, shocked at the number of grown men who, after listening to that whole podcast and listening to Myron Means saying, from the position of science, there has never been documented a melanistic mountain lion ever by science. Did you get some documentation in the mail, in the email? You wouldn't believe the (laughs) grown men that messaged me. Some of them friends of mine. And are like, Clay, I listened to the podcast. It was awesome. I believe every word of it. I've seen a Black Panther, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, it, like, rocked people's boats, man. I mean, like, I think it, like, splits families. <laughs> like, this idea of the Black Panther. When, when Myron
3: Means got off of that interview, was he like, there's really Black Panthers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, he
5: was like, they... He reached I, over, turned the tape recorder <laughs> off. He was like, off the record. it was like,
1: cut it, Clay. He was, was like... like I killed one last year. No, 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 I I had two different people claim that their fathers... Well, one of them claimed that their father had shot at a Black Panther. One of them claimed that their father killed a Black Panther. Killed it with a bow. This, I'm telling you, this guy's like... I know this guy. And I'm like, send me a picture. And if he's listening now, I hope he'll send me a picture. I want to believe you. I I want to believe him. Um, I had a guy... uh, Call, uh, get, bring up a good point that there is a there is a cat like critter down in South Texas called a Jaggerundi, huh. which is a cat like critter that lives in deep South Texas and they can be melanistic. Okay, so there's so like could a jaggerundi walk 900 miles to Arkansas or four five hundred possibly? I had another guy say that he thinks black panther sightings are big otters, river otters. Because a river otter is black and you don't see them very much, and if a, and they have big long tails, How, what do you think of that jaguarundi? They're, all the guys are like looking at their phones.
6: Yeah, I mean you could absolutely. I don't know about it that. Da- I mean, it, think about that at dark.
5: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. it's dark, especially you know, at dark,
2: oh, dusk. dusk. That's just like a charcoal. Okay, Gray. I
5: believe in black. But it it looks sp- like a mountain
3: lion black. with a house cat's head. Yeah. Yep.
6: I never even heard of
1: that until you just said it. See if that's what Gary heard. <laughs> that what <laughs> Does that look like what you heard? <laughs> well, uh, that's not black. Well, but see the thing is, no, no, that's the thing. There, sites has documented. Yeah, what I heard was a black panther. <laughs> <laughs> so that could have been melanistic. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So. um but you know the whole point of it was is that jaguars and leopards can't have been documented as melanistic the american mountain lion has never been documented as melanistic and so to see a black panther would just be like well they're not here so anyway super fun and guess what i am the biggest proponent of black panther in north america when those guys send me that stuff i'm like Heck yeah, brother. Keep keep this thing alive. Yeah, yeah. Keep it alive. Long live the Black Panther, right? I love it. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today even better with unlimited storage and an easy to use app you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving and this is not a joke juju nukem has an aura frame and we share photos and they're incredible also my mother-in-law has one we have them they truly are really good really high quality the aura frame is easy to set up It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The old-timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrel's ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the South. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the OnX Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onyxmaps.com hunt this spring. Whitetail Institute launched the food plot revolution in 1988 with a concentration on research and real world testing of forage products specifically for whitetail deer. Whitetail Institute's research and development team of agronomy experts provide effective personalized service. I've been using Imperial Whitetail Clover for a long time in a food plot back behind my house in 2007 I killed the biggest buck of my life over an Imperial Whitetail Clover small quarter acre food plot. Imperial Whitetail Clover is the only clover scientifically developed through years of selective breeding. Clover Extreme Genetic Stability provides extreme cold tolerance, disease, and drought tolerance. Any further comments on episode number one? It, it, that was, I, I can tell you from a, from like a creative standpoint, just kind of like behind the scenes of that podcast. That was the first pod. I built that podcast like in January or something, you know, it just came out like in April. And I had all these interviews and I had no idea if they how they would stitch together to tell a story. And when Phil Taylor immediately did it all, put it all together and I had edited all the little sections and put it together man i was so excited when i heard it i was just driving down the road and just listened to it and i was like yes that is what i want to do with bear grease you know like tell these interesting stories about rural culture and they're not always going to be about hunting like that podcast didn't have anything at all i mean well, it, didn't- it
6: was good because it you know it gave it gave a lot of depth to everything it wasn't just i saw this when i was Yeah. Nineteen. There was a whole lot of a build up and basis to all of the to all the claims, you know, and and eyewitness reports and then, you know, somebody to set back an unbiased view and look at all of it and say, you know, you may have seen something, but the possibilities of it being, you know, this particular color or that particular animal, you know, it's, you know, while not impossible, you know, highly improbable. You just give, you know, food for thought.
5: Yeah. And if by unbiased, you mean Myron's section, I can support it. Clay (laughs) was far from unbiased. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
5: You know what I really liked about it was, um, it kind of made me, and this is probably one of the most naive things I'll, I'll say, but it just seems like when, when we weren't so detached from the land and from wild places that it might have been easier to trust one another. When you talk Uh about trusting your brother and trusting your fellow man, when, when the biggest, you know, argument or polarizing, you know, one of them is, are there black Panthers or not? Or Or, are there mountain lions? Yeah. 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 You know, whereas there's so many things today in our current age that just, it just seems like it inhibits that so much more. Well, that was
6: 30 years ago, man, almost. And, you know, I've never had an outlet to even, you know, tell that story where in any setting that was when
1: you saw your mountain lions just yeah. thirty years ago, mm-hmm.
6: almost thirty years, allegedly. ago. allegedly.
1: And your old friend Clay <laughs> was the only one who cared. He's the only one that listened. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to sell you some soap. <laughs> <in there. Yeah. laughs> hey, so right here on the you got this is a surprise. Y'all don't know what this is. That's a, a big episode set of sheds. number three of the Bear Grease podcast was the Shedhorn Buck of 1962. Oh, that's... Mm. With, are those, with are those James With my dear, Lawrence's? dear friend, James Lawrence. Oh, that's man. his sheds? This is... The deer sheds. This is the buck. <laughs> this he is, gave <laughs> those to you? Okay. I I refused to allow him to give them to me. Does he know you have those? <laughs> that's <laughs> what we should be asking. Man, I was at James's house, and this is before he'd even heard the podcast. And he just said, take those home with you. And he also allowed me, turn around and look up here. So on the, on the ceiling of my office, there's a picture of my dad, Gary Newcomb, with his first buck. There's a picture of Steve Schultz, who's my father-in-law. And there's a picture of James Lawrence back in the mountains of Arkansas with a buck. And that buck that's hanging on the wall is a buck that James Lawrence killed on one of his big solo hunts back in the 70s. No, he killed that one in the 60s. He was like 21 years old when he killed it. Those three guys are my heroes. That's why they're there. And those there's, there's like 16 by 20 frame pictures. And what's so cool is they were all about the same age in that picture. So, yeah. Dad, how old were you? That's Dad's first buck. Oh, 26, 27, something like that. So you were little, you were older than that when you it was 1978. I'm just glad have you have 30. more than a towel 30. on. You were okay. 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's wearing clothes. Well, no, <laughs> maybe 77. I started 77. 29. Yeah, born 48. Yeah,
4: yeah. I wouldn't like most of these listeners. I didn't start hunting until real late in life because my dad Bo-hunt. was so much like Clay. You didn't want to hang around him, man. He'd kill you hunting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd go
4: with him, and it's like, come on, Dad. It's time to go home. And we're just getting started.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I quit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Dad started bow hunting when he was in his late 20s. But you grew up bird hunting and stuff with your dad, yeah. oh, he yeah. kind of burned you out yeah. of
4: it. Yeah, I had to lay rules down when I got a little older that, hey, we're only going for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: there's dad's picture. And then Steve Schultz, my father-in-law, he was a falconer. And that picture was taken in the late 70s in Florida. And uh, he's Steve's had an incredible influence on my life. And then James, who in his own unique way has had a significant impact on his life. But these, this is the Shedhorn Buck that he, pick, he picked up these sheds. Those actual sheds are from the 60s? Man, those look great. He picked up these sheds in, in the early 1960s. And actually, he told me that he made a set of rattling horns out of one pair. Because he's got three sets of sheds, but he can only find two. And this is actually two different year sheds. I'm holding a left antler and a right oh, really? antler. So this was the buck the year before. If you really dissected and held it, you could see a difference in mass and and time length. This was the buck at his prime, okay? This is a left antler, a five-point side. People can go to my Instagram and see a picture of James and me with these deer. Okay, I scored this buck, this side, as a shed 10, 12 years ago. And I just remembered that it scored around 170. And that's what I said on the podcast, I, I kind of got to, not doubting myself, but I was just like, man, I wonder if that thing, I mean, I just kind of was like, I ought to rescore that thing just to make sure. You know, I'm, I'm interested in the facts, boys. You, you can <laughs> tell that. Why did facts. you invite <laughs> us? Just the facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I scored this right before you guys came, and that shed has 80 inches of antler on it. Wow. Which really? 80 inches would be 80 times two, right. which would be 160 plus, plus the, spread. the spread. yeah. So this would have been a mid one seventies white tail. Right. It's deceptive though. It's got a twenty two inch main beam, eleven inches, ten and a half, seven and a half, five and a half, plus two kickers, plus, you know, four inch mass all the way out. Ends up being eighty inches. So like but this is that's the horn here. That's pretty around. sporty. So Man. to a
2: to a non hunter, this is like a, a prized if you were to kill this this buck, this would be a problem. None of buck. us
1: in this room have ever killed a deer that big. Wow! Much
5: less how many years ago in Arkansas. That's yeah. right. I mean that's yeah. the that's one of the big things that's about right. it is the ecosystem in Arkansas. That many decades ago. Yeah. This was yeah. A it unicorn,
3: unicorn. That is an absolute wow. anomaly. Yeah. yeah. That set of antlers might as well have been grown out right in the middle of his head yeah. like a white-tailed unicorn.
1: That's right. For real. And, and James, me after in
3: 60 years of hunting,
1: <laughs> they called you the unicorn or white-tailed. Or the white tailed <laughs> unicorn?
5: Is that what this is about? You wanted to talk about my high school
4: days? This is,
1: yeah, this is you. <laughs> no, yeah, so Malachi, that would be like just a really nice white tailed deer. And uh, no, what do you guys think of that podcast? It was great. I listened to it again yesterday. Did you really? I did. You
3: know what I, I, I
5: thought, how wonderful was it for him to have that story? and that? I mean, you know, talk about, I mean, same with the, are there Panthers or not? You want to be trusted. You want to trust your fellow man. Basically, none of his family trusted him. Right. You know, but then right. for you to do that podcast and have all these conversations with him, I mean, that had to really, had to be healing for him. Is kind of what yeah. I was taking away from him. You know,
4: him. what struck me about it was that, he was not a mainstream hunter. He did something different than everybody else. All the hunters that knew how to hunt had all the experience were out running dogs and James is sitting there going, now I saw a deer out here. Right. And I mean, he pursued his own thing and, in in a way, if, you Know, I don't hunt bucks like that. I mean, it's just too boring for me, so I'm not gonna kill a deer like this unless it's an accident. They're also really heavy to carry out of the woods, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've been with me when I picked the little doe instead of the big doe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, I've had a chance of killing a deer close to that, but yeah, it didn't work, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's
1: a great point. And see, the whole, the whole point of that podcast to me was that James took something that was negative and turned it into something positive. Going back to insight in unlikely places, like that would have crushed most people. And, and did James. I like, it was a little bit tricky for me because James trusts me so much. I feel like, like he, he would just tell me whatever I asked him to tell and wouldn't question what I was going to do with that information. If you told him you'd seen a mountain lion, he'd believe you. he would believe me. He's never seen one. James Lawrence has never seen him out in line. I believe off to him. Off, off I believe subject. Him. But, like, there was some pretty, pretty deep stuff there. And I was drawing conclusions about, like, him, like, that impacted him in a negative way. But he didn't get bitter about it. He, and I said this before, he is the guy that you want with you when you're successful. Oh,
2: so, like, gosh. he didn't go yeah.
1: and oppress people even more like he was oppressed. Like, he just instinctively was just like, man, I'm not going to ever let that happen to one of my friends.
4: You know, one thing, too, you take Malachi that's not hunted much and you kill a big buck. He didn't even know it. Right. I mean, those guys might have come at that a little more honest than what we think. I see. I see. It might not have been. I'm kind of jealous of James for killing it. It could have been they just thought, Man, we're out here for the meat. We're trying to survive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, forget the horns. I'm worried about my belly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can see that. I think uh, that makes sense if you got a
5: group of guys who are not hunting for sport and there's a a socially accepted way to obtain sustenance and he's going against the grain in the quickest way possible. In the quickest way possible. That kinda that you know, I, I didn't feel like at all in the podcast though that his family were like demonized or anything, but it makes right. a little more sense as to right. why I couldn't figure out why are they so unkind to this kid? Yeah, You know, yeah. why doesn't some of the men well, in his life come and be like, man, that's awesome. What that's, you're doing is
1: great. That's where it was, it was a little bit touchy and I, and I had to be careful. And I actually asked a few people before I said, do you think that would hurt? Do you think, I, I mean, I didn't want to disclose more than, but, but James is the one that said it, you know, I mean, like he just told his story and he was kind of he was kind of discounted. And that is also pretty normal too. I mean like to kind of discount a kid when they're saying something. Sure. But and I did, and James has the utmost respect for his family too. And you could tell that at the first of the podcast when he was talking about his grandmother and grandfather, how much he respected them and how they never said anything negative about anybody. Man, that's 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 James. But From from if we're talking about the Bear Grease podcast and kind of forecasting where this thing's gonna go, these first six episodes I think are all very diverse. You think about it. Like we explore this like folklore of the myth of the Southern Mountain Lion. Every podcast I want I have an expert, like a biologist or a academic guy, or just someone who's a subject matter expert. And then the idea is also that we're interviewing in-the-field people that have information about the topic, like Brent and Dad seeing mountain lions. And then... And here and Daniel Daniel's like <laughs> waving his hand. He's like, well, I wouldn't know in the and first Daniel. one. No, and 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 uh, every podcast is going to have kind of this similar, similar structure, but all going to be very different, like this folklore about mountain lion and a biology lesson. And then, the next one, we're talking about the correlation between being a good owl hooter and a turkey hunter and talking about calling turkeys. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> <There's Dr. laughs> Horrible. You did good, man. You Nailed. did good. I did my best. Yeah. Well, you're getting there. And and then the third podcast was The Shed Buck in 1962, which was just this guy's story. And then the fourth podcast was Death of a Bear Hunter, which was... Fantastic. Man. Man. Okay, that one was a historically based podcast about a guy in a book and one single story out of the book but we painted the context of the whole scene you listen to that podcast you understand what's going on in the 1830s in arkansas you understand who gersh was you understand a little bit about native americans that he was hunting with and like what what do y'all think of that one i got a bone to pick with you on that okay three, hold this deer horn while you're doing it three years this is a weapon Okay, pass the deer horn if you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> three years ago, three years ago, you said,
6: Brent, have you ever seen this book? Like was, Wild Sports in the Wild Far West, West by the, Frederick Gershon. Yeah, that one. Never heard of it. He said, you got to read it. He said, and this is why I want you to read it. Now, this is three years ago. He says, I want you to read this book, and when you get done, you and I are going to do a podcast on this. I heard oh. him say it. I was there. So he's, I buy this book. And I read this thing from cover to cover. I can speak German it's, now. And it's, four, it's, it's 400 pages, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
6: and then the next thing I know when the podcast comes out, I'm like, I don't hear myself on there. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't even sound like so
1: me. So basically, I gave you an assignment to do a book report, and, and I, then there was no book report, You I have due. never got a grade. <laughs> it, was uh, absolutely, it was
6: incredible, though, man. That, that book, <laughs> I sent that book to my brother. And both of my nephews, I think, have read it now. It's an incredible book. Yeah, I passed the horn.
1: Hey, well, you read it too, Dan? Yeah, I did. Now, now I why you it. read it years ago when I just told you the story?
5: Well, we were on a bear hunt together, yeah. and something had reminded you of the story, and you Clay retold the story. And the way that I remembered it was, you you got to kind of the climax of the story, and this gentleman gets knocked out, everything goes black, wakes up, his Hunting buddies dead. I mean, it's just like just this amazing story. Uh, I went and got the book and read it, and it was just fantastic.
1: It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that story has been on my mind for years. I mean, that's the reason I told it. But we're going to replicate that into other podcasts with historical stories, and I've already got some ideas that I cannot share. I'll share with you guys after this. You got a few books you want Brent to read. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll get something there writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what Josh, your thoughts on that one? Well, I or listened Malachi, to that one know. a couple
3: of times. I I loved the I mean, when you're when you're reading that story, you are transported into the what is happening. And Gerstalker does such a great job Josh is German. it. It does such a great job describing the scene. Yeah, it's like who needs Netflix when you got that? Yeah, you know,
6: mm. you know, and I, you mentioned this, I think maybe on the podcast. But a lot of the places that he talked about in that book, I've been. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's between here and where I live in Central Arkansas. Yeah, up and down the Little Red River. Well, you know, it's.
1: I was serious when I said on the podcast. I was offended. At people that I didn't know that story till I was thirty years old. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I'll tell you where I was, I was at. I was not in it? this country. I was in another country, reading a book in a hotel room, and I had no idea that. Well, I, I, this this college professor had said, "Hey, there's some stories about Arkansas bear hunting there." It's all I said, "Terrible marketing." <laughs> like the first half of the book, the guy's not even in Arkansas. So I'm just kind of like, "Oh, this is cool." I mean, you know, it's cool, but like I wanted. Arkansas stuff and when I get to that story I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding I remember where I was sitting when I read that story and I was just like holy cow so you didn't know he was eventually coming I didn't to know that he was well no no I knew all I knew was that there's some <laughs> Arkansas bear stories I had no idea that it was just right down the road yeah and I'm like why don't we know that <laughs> yeah why don't they teach this in Arkansas public schools why and in <laughs> and, and like just it's just and the, th- and the truth is, is there's stuff like that littered all across history. Like wherever the people that are listening to this live, stuff happened right where they live. Yeah, history is, is made every substantial. day.
5: substantial. <laughs> made every day. <laughs> this guy, hand him the horn. Yeah, give him the horn. <laughs> Golly.
1: No, and in, in, okay, going back to the insight, like bear grease can give you insight beyond what you would have thought it would, is that... I really have had the question of why does that story impact me so much? Like why? And and that was my exploration inside of that podcast is why do stories impact us? Because that story has no consequence on my life in a rational sense. Like a guy got killed by a bear out here with dogs. But that guy's story has shaped my family. And it's it just, you know, and then and then the conclusion was. Humans are massively impacted by stories, whether you want to or not. And so you got a choice of what stories you let impact you. Netflix tells stories. That's what Netflix is in the business of telling stories. You know, Amazon Prime. Absolutely. And so like, and, 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 you know, you could say, well, Clay, why are you letting a story about a English guy? You didn't know getting killed by a bear, you know, like impact your family. like, that's kind of aside from the point in that it's like we we get the we get to choose what impacts us and how it impacts us you know and I would like if Gertocker had just been a dirt ball I, that story like a, like if he had just been known as like an outlaw and like a yeah. scrupulous character right. like I I wouldn't have had respect I respected the guy he did love people like I, I said on the podcast when he left Conwell's house, like these are people that he had just met he couldn't even speak their same language that well and he cried when he left conwell's house he said conwell had hair as white as snow and he loved his family and he went into you know how he stayed with them and they begged him to stay and it's just like i like it i like that guy mm-hmm. and then and then just his insightfulness and, and he wasn't like a conservation hero like i wasn't trying to paint gerstocker as a conservation hero but he did have insight that the market hunting of the times of which he participated in was unsustainable. And like so that then becomes like a stamp on that story. And like when I think of that, I think of, man, we'll never do that again. He was hunting bears in February in dens right. And it's like, man, that was really cool. We ain't doing that no yeah. more. <laughs> you ought to quit. I mean there there are stories in that book of them crawling into dens. Crawling in caves with lit, tor- they call them torches, but pine kindlers, pine kindling split, climbing into caves, killing a sow bear, and then smacking cubs up against the rock to kill them. Yeah, I mean, like they were in the business of killing stuff, and it's like that did happen. That's not good. It's not going to happen again because it happened then. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like me, like talking about conservation-based bear hunting, where we're highly selective and we're trying to target these older, mature males. That happened because Gershtocker, who didn't know any better, was clubbing, you know, baby bears over the head. I mean, for he lack probably, of a better term. He probably went you see to Alaska and club baby seals, too. You. <laughs> well, You're next. Listen, we have the right as humans to correct our paths and yeah. learn from our past. Absolutely. It's like James Lawrence, redemption inside of something that was negative.
3: Well, and you... You recognize that, that that is obsolete, and you have to be able to recognize the obsolescence of that thing and move on and say, this this worked for the time. It's no longer relevant.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And and we'd still be doing that today if we hadn't. Well, we wouldn't because the Bears would be gone. But And they were for a long time. They were in Arkansas. Okay, closing comments here, Dan. I'm going to throw this horn to you, Holy and then you'll cow. get to speak. Just... What do you think? I'm going to say overall it's
5: the podcast is solidly mediocre.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I think what uh, as I've been listening to them and, and really enjoying them, I think you know when you think about podcasts and, and stories, a lot of today's kind of stories and podcasts either are really critiquing uh, a part of life and, and usually not a very. Uh, beneficial way or it's trying to kind of escape life, you know, yeah. as it is. And I feel like what I really like about what you're doing is I, l- I leave having listened to one of your podcasts and I'm thinking about how I see things and how I relate with people and choices that I make. And it, yeah. to me, it helps me feel more connected. It's your insight. You know, you're, give, yeah. you're giving insight from unlikely places. And I, I feel like that is what I walk away with. Yeah.
1: I like it.
6: <laughs> I think about where this all started with me and you. And we were in Oklahoma on a bear bait and I was running the camera and we'd been sitting there for that one day for a week, it seemed mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and hadn't seen a bear and you turned away from me and I was looking off back to the left, I was sitting on the le- to the left of Clay and when I turned back around, you had taken mud, and I assumed water, and covered your face in mud. And I thought, how did I get here? <laughs> I've carried forty pounds of camera equipment on the side of this mountain in the Ouachita Mountains, and this guy has just put mud all over his face. Are you sure it wasn't feces? No, I don't know what it was, but and I thought this this is this guy'll never go anywhere. <laughs> But look what you've done, buddy. I'm very proud of you for what it, what it's turned into and the drive. Uh, you know, I I say that facetiously about knowing you weren't going to go anywhere. The drive you had has been outstanding. It's inspired me to do a lot of stuff, too. And I just appreciate you letting me come along for the ride. Right on, man.
2: Yeah, as, as the, the non-hunter in the group, I think – hearing the podcast and watching you tell people stories, I think it's a very powerful tool to continue the legacy and culture and give people who haven't had that exposure a correct way of seeing things. I think hunting, I think the Southern culture, I think Arkansas has, you know, nationally not a good rep. Yeah. And hearing the stories and seeing how you hunt and it's, being driven by principles and patterns and the way that you, you share, the way that you've been influenced by your dad, the way that you influence your kids. I think it's a powerful medium and tool to give people a cleaner, more pristine, more correct picture of hunting, of Arkansas, of the South, of relationships, of, of everything that is built inside of a commodity that was once, you know, valuable that is, but is lost, and so bringing that back and giving giving people a, a better picture of that, I think is mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. yeah,
3: it's good. Well, I think that uh, I've really enjoyed the podcast, and uh, I think just having known you for a lot of years, I appreciate um, first of all, like Malachi I said, I pr- I appreciate the relational aspect of of the podcast. I think it, I think when it all boils down to it, it's relationship that makes us rich. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to connect with people and to, to draw stories from people, I think storytelling and, and the ability to draw stories out of people, that that thing has been lost um, in a sense that, that shows the depth of what's been built in people over a long journey. And so I think to be able to, to hear that from you who have a passion to, to mine that out. I think it's valuable for people to be able to hear. And so I'm really looking forward to, to the future podcasts and the, the, the things that I get to learn by listening. And uh, yeah, man, I think it's
1: great. And you eagerly await being on the Bear Grease podcast. Eagerly
3: render. And, and I may, might become (laughs) so popular on the render that I don't, i don't need to be on the oh, oh i podcast. see yeah. that's a great point hey this is good for
1: this Josh this. it
4: was we're passing the deer horn dad what do you think Ben? well i hate to burst your stinking bubble but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go the yard. these guys Go are the, obviously yeah. on the payroll and, and I, <laughs> I, I am really disappointed in you daniel i think you sort of have a spiritual religious background and it's <laughs> It's obvious, again, that you hadn't been vaccinated against Lyme. <laughs> 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 that, that's that's Bruce deal. I, I just loved it <laughs> on the podcast when he's talking oh. about coon hunters. But, <laughs> you know, when I listen to it, I look i look at it from a deadly standpoint. That's a new word. Deadly. 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 We'll take it. Uh, it you know, it, it's just like when you were a kid. You know, your brain's not totally formed. I mean, you miss about <laughs> half the good stuff. <laughs> It's like on a deal with the with the dogs. I mean, uh-huh. nowhere did you mention that the dog is your best friend. But why is he your best friend? It's because he loved you first. Mm-hmm. He's the only animal that loves you more than him. And, I mean, you didn't even cover that. I mean, I was embarrassed. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it was embarrassing uh, that you went into all that rhetoric man. and didn't mention the love mm. that dog has for you. And if you look at life, in a, in a way, I'm serious about the love. I think you can detect that. But I only love people that love me. And if they have the ability to show me that they love me first, you know, they expose themselves. It's, it's like I'm open. Vul- vulnerable. Vul- vulnerable is the word. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's a powerful tool is love. Yeah. And people that are, have enough confidence to expose themselves to hate. And a dog does it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how that came from a wolf to a domesticated dog, but it's really powerful. But no, really, all these podcasts, they're different than a lot that I've heard where you have a lot of meat, a lot of science, a lot of humor, all of it mixed up. Into a recipe that is pretty entertaining and educational. Yeah. So, obviously, I need a to tune up. You take after, after your, your mother eggs. instead of your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Clay. Pretty uh, entertaining. <laughs> wow, well,
6: guys,
1: it's a solid six. It's a solid. <laughs> Gary Newcomb gives the Bear Grease <laughs> podcast <laughs> a, <laughs> a, a two stars. Solid. On hey, listen, there's room for, for growth. growth. Okay. Hey, I need people to leave iTunes reviews on the Berries podcast. Like, so this is my un 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 uh, ashamed solicitation for all our listeners to go to iTunes and apparently that drives the needle on these podcasts with the higher ups, you know. So, uh I'm asking everybody out there do me a favor and just uh, you know, you can you can do as little as just giving it like stars. But the best thing to do would be to leave a comment. You know, just just say what you think. Um, that would help us. And um, I thank my guests so much for being here. Really, you guys mean the world to me, all of you, so that's why you're here. Uh, check out Brent's podcast, Nightlife Nation. Brent's got a coon hunting podcast. Check out Josh on Instagram, Kiki and the Beard. Um, nobody else has any, like, uh, big social platforms. I have Twitter. Yeah, But on. it's all <laughs> education stuff. You're on the Twitter. But, uh... Again, if, if you hadn't been paying attention, we're going to do this every other week. So, the Bear Grease podcast will come out every other week. The Bear Grease render, which is us just shooting the bull. And it'll, it'll be a different, you know, it might be different people, might be the same people. Y'all may never want to come back. Brent drove three hours to be here. Did y'all know that? Gary drove two. Yeah. Two and a half two and a half <laughs> <laughs> he'll
5: never get those two and a half back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no thank you guys so much and uh, yeah I can't wait for the next episode keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live and that's where you get bear grease
6: You know what? When Malachi left the house this morning, he thought he had the coolest socks on.
4: <laughs> I oh, left. He was
1: wrong. Dog socks. He Those was are coon wrong. dogs,
0: buddy. Those are coon dog <laughs> <Yeah>. socks? <laughs> oh, man. How crazy. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries.
1: The SportDog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product SportDog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com beargrease to learn more.